Welcome to Living Social Justice Podcast, an initiative of Common Ground Church and Common Good, where we explore our lifestyle response to topics of social justice. Our hope is that a growing number of Christ followers begin to individually and collectively live out justice, creating a groundswell of positive change in our society. Hi, I'm Sharon Kloppers from the Common Good team. So for the month of June, we had a series of episodes highlighting Common Goods Employment Initiative, the Zanokanyo Network, and then we took a break over the July school holidays, so it's great to be back term three of 2018 with a brand new series. So Common Ground Church has congregations across the city of Cape Town, and within each of those congregations is what we call an SJM team, so a social justice ministry team. Now, this is a group of volunteers. They're members of that congregation. They're handpicked by their local church eldership team to help them mobilize their congregation towards living social justice. So we're going to be interviewing members of these teams across our congregations. And today I have Brandon and Chantel Weaver with me. Welcome, guys. Thanks for joining hey, me. Sharon. Thank you. Chantel, do you want to say hi? Hi. <laughs> it's great to have you guys here. So Brandon and Chantel are part of the Bosch AM SJM team, and I've got a bunch of questions to ask them. So, Brandon and Chantel, you both have a fascinating story as individuals, but also as a couple. And I'd love to just create some space for you to share those stories. Um, Brandon, maybe want to start with you. Just introduce yourself, where you're from, Great. tell us a bit about yourself. Okay, so hi everyone. Um, I'm from Cape Town, I'm uh, a Cape Townian. Um, you'll hear differently from Chantel, but <laughs> I've always uh, lived in Cape Town, and I am a scientist at UCT, so just being a thinker and doing science really does just gel with me quite well. That's where my passion lies. I do an area of science called structural biology um, that I've kind of grown into. I wouldn't have plotted it this way, but, but my journey has led me this way because of a lot of maybe tension between my faith and my science. Wow. And so I find myself in this unique position, almost feeling like I've missed a bus, but also feeling like God has kind of or kind of planned this this way. And so it's actually quite a good place to be. And and yeah, it's just just such a lot of um, exciting things that have happened along my faith and work journey. So great, yeah, amazing, Chantal. Uh, hi everybody. Yeah, well, mine is a bit different. I grew up in Joburg. Uh, grew up uh, in a normal, predominantly coloured neighbourhood, went to a government school uh, and came to Cape Town to come to Bible College. And uh, yeah, basically my journey with theology started at Bible College. I came here to study youth ministry so that I could go work with young people. But through 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 the years, four years, God really just laid it on my heart to go deeper and get more exposure and um, I then ended up going into youth ministry but then doing further studies in counseling and pastoral care because I believe that that was what young people and families needed um, and of course in between met this young man <laughs> and uh, decided to get married and move back to Cape Town I went home for a year after studying the first degree uh, came back to, to Cape Town to, to be and live here, but then continued the this, this, this studies and then also had the privilege of continuing further and now 
people call me a theologian. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's my occupation, a practical theologian. I teach at the University of Stellenbosch, and I teach sp- uh, teach specifically around children and youth ministry. Yep. Okay, so you're involved in theology and with a specific passion around youth. Mm-hmm. You're involved also in a university, but more in the science space, Brandon. So how would you say your faith, and particularly your theology, so what we believe about God and your your convictions around God and church and life and Christianity and what we believe, how have how has that influenced your work or just the way you live? So so for me I, I came to faith quite young. I was about thirteen years old. Um, and that's when I kind of entered this faith and started learning um, about what it means to be a Christian. And so, and so my faith is really central to who I am and kind of informs a lot of my choices. My, l- my life partner, Chantal, she needed to be someone who was saved and who loved the Lord. You know, it was like quite a high bar. but <laughs> 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 Yeah, and she and needed to mission. love mission. Yeah. But... Um, but I think that was quite central. And then when I went to university, I knew I wanted to study um, something in science. And but but the tension that I faced was that there was this clash or conflict between faith and science in my mind. And I was actually told that the two are not compatible. You can't be a Christian and a scientist. But yeah, I was at university studying science, going through my undergraduate degree, really enjoying it, and then going further but all the more feeling the tension to stay true to my faith. Right. And so, and so I, I kind of felt like I kept the science at arm's length because to me, what was central to who I was was my faith. And so I was willing to keep the science at arm's length. And, and that's how I, I kind of lived all the way throughout PhD even. It's quite a long time. Yeah. Looking back, it sounds weird. But um, that also impacted how I lived in the space, in my workspace. So very much uh, compartmentalized from my, my home life and my faith life. So because I considered that not to be compatible. Um, so that was a huge tension that I held for many, many years. I was even told by somebody, but it's not possible to be a, f- a scientist and a Christian at mm-hmm. the same time, mm-hmm. which threw me even deeper into that way of thinking but then there came a time and it actually happened when i when i visited well when we had already joined common ground right spoke to a few guys tony bunn kind of bounced a few ideas of him and through conversations and also reading because i I love reading uh, i just read all the time (laughs) um i came to realize i felt like god showed me that there was no tension there was no conflict and actually i could embrace both um, and, and when that happened, I looked at life completely differently. You know, I looked at the mountains differently. I looked at the stars. Diff- it sounds weird, but I could just see the hand of God. <laughs> <laughs> I could see the hand of God in nature in a way that, that I had not seen before. And I could also appreciate um, the greatness of a God who so intricately created what we have and what we see. And so for me, it was just an amazing journey. I embrace my science now, even though I feel like, oh, maybe a bit late, but I love doing what I do. And also I feel no, no tension at all. So, so, so for me, 
an integrated life is what God has brought me into and what I now celebrate. And so, yes, that's been a, a large part of my journey. And, and together with loads of other things, the heart for social justice, the heart for mission. But, but at the end of the day, just an integrated kind of worldview. Mm. I think that's what it is. Yeah. Beautiful. Chantal, do you want to add to that? Yeah, so I think one of the, the same tensions that Brandon experienced with the science and faith juggle is also connected very closely to the church traditions we come from. And in our case, in terms of our journey together, we come from a very uh, closed, fundamentalistic type of evangelical faith tradition where um, you know, any talk around science but also around justice uh, was not even we, we, we've never heard about God and justice in the same conversation. So people aren't really encouraged to explore those yeah. issues or topics. Yeah, well, and, and that's the thing. That's the thing I find growing up as well. And again, just this week having to reflect on, um, you know, we grew up with injustice and oppression being normal. And so I think the church was a space where we found comfort but I must say the church was not the space where I heard preaching against injustice. I don't recall as many of my colleagues and friends who are black theologians, you know, where there was a time in South Africa where churches spoke up against injustice. We do not come from that. I think we come from a, a rather closed, let's just deal with life and serve Jesus Christ mm -hmm. um, in our small circle. and. and mm -hmm. I think part of the journey towards realizing a passion for justice for me is also growing out of that theological mindset that said there was a dichotomy between everything biblical and everything outside there. Yes. Uh, and, and, and I remember even doing my PhD study, it was on this uh, uh, church we came from, and for the first time just realizing the impact that the group areas act had on how that church was formed which by default was uh, an impact on the church's theology which was very white missionary led and and i can see how there was just never freedom to even reflect on what the bible has to say on this because i mean it's, it's also a context where the first leadership was predominantly missionary based it wasn't locally it wasn't local people so uh, I also sympathize that there wasn't space made for us to think about our theology. Uh, and then also again realizing later on in life, um, getting this job at Stellenbosch, I was actually just sharing with someone yesterday. I remember standing at the apartheid museum in Joburg two months after being employed at Stellenbosch and actually seeing the faculty I work for was integral in starting the whole process of apartheid. And I, I clearly remember, even now this week, thinking about it again, whoa, like, why didn't we learn about this? Because mm -hmm. really, uh, it, it, as Brandon says, it sounds really silly, but we come from a faith tradition, family background, because the church I was part of before is totally, mostly my family. So we come from a closed system where experience was happening, lived experiences of injustice was happening, but nowhere was there a call for a theological approach. Okay. Nowhere was there a call for what does the Bible okay. mm. uh, say about this. So having to unpack that now and coming to the realization of, whoa, the Bible is filled with 
answers to, grapplings around, um, call for voices around injustice against oppression, against different ills in society. So you ask the question, how has the theology been connected to the passion? I think our journey in our spiritual growth has come with a realization that there's just so much within the biblical text that calls us to not divide the science and faith, but the justice either. Like, we cannot separate our call as Christians from what the Bible's call is to act justly, to, to, mm. to, to serve humbly, and then to commit ourselves to wrestle with that, to, yes. to help others read the text, to hear what they think about the text. So um, I think it's very important to share, as a couple, we come from this joint background where we weren't exposed to what the Bible says. Mm. I think it's something like just this journey that mm. also helped us do that. So I want to ask you more about that for both of you. So something you said, Brandon, was just how these two things that you loved, they didn't fit together and you wrestled with that for years. Um, and just what you're saying around justice journey, Chantal, I know for me a big part of watching what's happening on the justice journey is realizing that every single one of us needs to go on a discipleship journey. We need to mature in our faith in every area of what the gospel does within us and justice is one of those areas but it puts before us a very uncomfortable wrestle suddenly there are things that we're confronted with about ourselves or about our country or about our past or about our family that you just don't want to choose to put yourself in that space where that's something now that you have to wrestle with and yet committing to Jesus and to following Christ we commit ourselves to a discipleship journey where we actually need to lead our hearts. Mm -hmm. And um, I'd love to, to hear your thoughts around how do we coach ourselves and how do we coach others to go on that justice journey? And I don't just mean the course, I mean our own justice journey, our lifelong commitment to following Christ into scripture, into listening to mm -hmm. people's stories, into actually wrestling with, my own preconceived ideas or the prejudices in my heart or maybe the blind spots that I didn't realize I have um, without just jumping on a bandwagon to follow a cause so that I can tick the box that yeah. I've read the articles and I've read the books and I've been to the conferences. It's not that, but more how do I go on a learning journey where I'm discipling my heart? Does that make sense? Yeah. I'd love to hear your your thoughts on leading people. So, so that, that way of thinking um, lies quite like at the core of what I believe God intends for his church mm. and, and the reason I say that is because we live in a real world and we are called to live out our faith in this world yes. so just like I need to live out my faith in my workplace yes. which, which happen to happens to be a science environment um, I, I needed to wrestle with that but actually my, my desire to wrestle with it comes from the core of my faith. Yes. Do you understand? Yes. So, so for me, I think as believers, God calls us out of darkness into his light through the blood of Jesus Christ. And that's the same for everyone. So he brings us before him. He brings us into this place where we are his children. And, and, but our trajectories toward that place is so diverse and so divergent. So so I 
I believe that justice is at the heart of, is God's heart. If you read from, if you read the Bible and you really look, you'll see that God is a God of justice. So if we learn more about who God is, that's theology, by the way, mm. the study of who God, is. God is. And so mm. we are all called not to be theologians, but to study the word of God. If we truly study the word of God as believers, I just believe that it will be a natural progression to also develop our heart for justice. Yeah. Um, just like God's great kind of story is to draw all men to himself. So, so if we're growing spiritually, that will mean a natural desire to see people come to faith right. and, and that would include us being the light mm. so so for me justice has to not be like an add-on it needs to come but it needs to the only way that it can come um, sustainably or, or like part of part of who we are as believers is that if we get to know who God is through our devotional mm. time through mm. our church time and all of that kind of thing I, as we grow in community we see the heart of God and we are drawn to that. Mm. And, and, and because we are drawn from various trajectories, I found myself with a major inferiority complex. Like, I mean, I had studied all that time and you would think, wow, this guy would be quite... But I promise you, when I joined Common Ground, I had such a major inferiority complex. I couldn't even relate to people. Chantal's <laughs> way easier <laughs> with that kind of thing than me. But, but God had to stretch and stretch and stretch and... And I needed to realize, but you know what? There's only one gospel. There's only one word of God. There's only one family of God. And Sharon, you and me, even though we come from different backgrounds, I'm assuming, <laughs> <laughs> we belong to that same family. Mm. And so I need to be able to relate to you. Absolutely. Just, uh, just as you need to relate to me. And yeah. I started realizing that, wait a minute, this inferiority complex is not from God because God calls me to this family. And so I guess other people come from different trajectories. That may be the opposite of an inferiority complex. And, and that's the journey of spiritual growth. That's mm. the, uh, the journey that brings us into one kind of level before God. And I think what an amazing light we would be to our country in this mm. time if believers grew into this realization. Yeah. Just imagine. I mean, it would be transformative. I mean, it would be absolutely re revolutionary if you think about it, because we would be a beacon of hope where political parties can't do it. Mm. Um, ethnic groupings can't seem to get people together. Yeah, but the and church I, can. I just think mm. the church is God's answer. Beautiful. So yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. No. I, I mean, as as Bannon's explaining, you know, I'm just there's just so many imperatives in the Bible. So we are called to love one another. We are called to do so sacrificially. Um, we are called to bear fruit in Christ. Like, by this is how you will know them by their fruit. Mm. Uh, we are called to be long suffering. Um, and I just can't see how that can be done without having relationship with the other. Mm. And the other, I, I mean, I'm thinking about the analogy Brandon just used of him and you mm. being colored and white. But I think. Even as, as, as a married couple, we come from colored families, but we, we come from very Still diverse so families. Mm. We come from f families who have engaged with these things at different levels or not. And so I just think of the marital relationship as well, where you know, you're going to knock heads around so many things as mm. you journey mm. together. 
It's your commitment mm. to that marriage mm. that's pulling you through. And I think in the same way, whether you are a young person committing to following Christ, whether you are someone who are is, is you know retiring or single, whether you are working or not working, it all comes down to my faith commitment to Christ. And that commitment includes a commitment to lifelong journey. Mm. And as we grow, as we continue reading the text for ourselves, as we continue... Uh, fellowshipping with the believers mm. as we continue reaching out to unbelievers there's no way you can't be changed there's no way that um, you can't come across uh, situations where you actually need to reflect on your behavior on your words on your actions on how you spend your money um, so for me I, I mean I, I, I'm quite passionate about faith formation processes how, how does spiritual growth happen and it doesn't happen apart from my identity. It doesn't happen apart from my moral uh, compass, you know. So my identity is not just the fact that I'm a mother, a wife, a daughter from Joburg. My identity is also that I am a child of God. I am also called to be someone who reaches out to others. Um, and so that then by implication affects life, morally, socially. And so I think in South Africa right now, Christians need to explore whether my relationship with Christ is showing the fruit that God is saying, I will know you by your fruit. Um, and that includes how I relate to people in the workplace, how I relate to people at the taxi rank, how I relate to people at, at the supermarket. A and you must be asking yourself, what does the Bible have to say about how I greet someone? What does the Bible have to say about how I spend my money? And by searching those things, it's it's inseparable. Like being a child of God is not separated at all by uh, from acting justly. I mean, it's just yeah. a no-brainer. But I started out saying it's important for us to share our theological background because it is also true that people are not discipled properly, that people are not taught that growing in your faith is beyond Bible study. It's beyond just prayer meeting. Uh, growing in your faith is actually an, a, a daily intentional commitment to explore who Christ is in mm -hmm. yourself, but also to explore who Christ is out there. Yeah. So I'm sure everyone listening in will agree that you guys are a fantastic couple to have on an SJM team. You the right mix of theology and passion and leadership. And um, you really are an amazing um, couple to have on the Bosch AM SJM team. But I'd love to hear in your words, you're not just part of the Bosch AM SJM team, you also serve on the eldership team, your community leaders. Um, what would you say, or how would you describe in your own words, what is the SJM team actually doing for the Bosch AM congregation? What's their, what's their role? Yeah, um, <laughs> I would think that we are trying to hear the hearts and minds and voices of local congregants on the ground and trying to see how we can help the church through how we serve as congregants, through leadership, through how church happens, really be more intentional about social justice. So... Um, we are not just, we initially thought we are just mediators. We are not that. 
we are also there to keep poking congregants and leadership. I think it's not just our role to poke leaders, but it's to get congregants to reflect more, to think more about how we do life, to create more opportunities for congregants to serve alongside um, just just church and mm. common good. Yes, so, so I think one of the major roles of the social justice ministry team is also to play almost a, a role of like provocation or disrupting the thinking of. Um, sometimes we need to have our thinking disrupted and, and when we do that, we start to reevaluate. And I think that's very useful and very valuable. Um, but but also to put real information through our insights evenings, to take people on a journey that's sensitive to where people are, but also kind of walk alongside them gently mm. with the facts so that we can engage in a way that actually um, is based on the facts of our situation and how that intersects with the word of God mm. and the art of God. So there's information and there's also discipleship yes. and there's also helping people figure out what a Christ-like res response, response would be definitely. To, that, um, to that issue. Mm. Are there specific portfolios that you carry or that you specifically are trying to um, lead the team or the congregation into more of? So there are portfolios to a degree, although the the core team runs with a lot of the um, mandate to organize these events um, like the insights evenings and and other things um, like outreaches and and also um, volunteer opportunities my my heart in that SJM team is is to is to be I, I am in charge of the, the prayer for the team. And I think it's so important, Shavin, that for the SJM team specifically, you can get very caught up in doing things. Mm -hmm. And I think that's great because the heart behind it is so strong and, and mm -hmm. in the right place. I just think that it needs to definitely come with like lots of prayer and reliance mm -hmm. on God to have his hand move sure. in the hearts of people. So we can do what we do, but it needs to be with absolute reliance on the power of God. Mm. And a humility. Mm. Exactly. Mm. Um, so so that's, that's my desire and, and to bring a bit of that to, to the team. Yeah. And are there um, any stories or highlight moments that you'd love to share mm. just from your time on the team? things that stick out for you as moments that you can really celebrate or that you'd love the congregation to celebrate. I think sometimes the whole congregation doesn't necessarily see what what you see. Yeah. Are there any stories? Well, I think, I mean, one of the things that uh, I recall coming, uh, we've been at Common Ground for about seven years now, and I think one of the big aha moments has been the whole starting of the SJM team. I think we were the first congregation to start it and even the wrestling through what that would look like, who would be on it, that whole process really, I think has really grown me um, because I've also come across um, white believers who are passionate about what I'm passionate about. I've come across black believers who are passionate about what I'm passionate about. But I think when you speak about like roles, you know, it's about this lenses thing for me. Like, I've, I've learned, we're all passionate about the land issue, but 
but our lenses are different. different um, and so things like your yeah, highlights, Son of Man, that movie, um, just just seeing and experiencing with others um, what it could look like to have a Christ from Kailicha. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had a few um, uh, rebuts from that night, but highlight from that is then meeting with someone and asking, okay, let's hear your story. Let's hear um, why you experienced it negatively, why you experienced it positively, and then seeing someone's eyes light up or, wow, okay, that's what it means. Also with the land event, sitting there watching a documentary on Harfield Village with people sitting there living in Harfield Village right now and then just experiencing wow this is actually hitting home for people Uh, and then again the process of later reflecting as a team always reflecting how did you hear it how did I hear it Um, I I think just seeing changes in our congregation since we've been here worship worship is different Uh, announcements I remember one of the early things the SJM uh, team was um, encouraging the church to change was how announcements is done what is said about who when it's on the screen that has changed uh seeing who's on the stage has changed so um yeah it's it's been these small little things that of course someone who's just come to common ground won't really experience but really just seeing god's hand throughout but relationally experiencing god's hand and just being able to engage with people wrestle with people it's been an honor i love that mm-hmm. and brandon what would you say you'd still love to see happen in the Bosch m congregation Chantel shared some of the highlights from yeah, what you so have experienced but so what i would like to see i mean uh, we've been here seven years right and a lot has changed Shannon. quite a lot has changed like we used to sit in the back there with a group of people but like the church is just so much more diverse, so much more sensitive to what comes from the front, uh, so much more people integrating and kind of forming relationships and friendships. I like seeing that, you know, very mm-hmm. organic kind of, and that diversity dinner thing. Gee, was that was amazing to me. I think it just took us forward like so far where people could actually listen to each other and listen to stories. Um, what I would like to see is... I mean, I'm I'm so impressed with how intentional we've been with the worship, you know, and the worship team just like being so responsive to the feedback that they got. I think that's just amazing. So, so one of the things that I would like to see is a. I, I really think we should push toward a a diverse leadership. Because people. I mean, after after I after I preached for the first time, I got. I got feedback, but people were just so, were saying things like, we're proud to see you up there. I just think for someone to see someone like them just says, this church has a, has art. And, and, mm. and we do have art. Getting there is not an easy and simple yeah, task. Mm. So we are, we are listening as an eldership team. We are mm. hearing the art of God. And we want to move towards it in a way that honors God. Sure. And so it can't happen overnight um and so but that is still my art and i know that we are moving there and i'm excited for that and i think that this church has has the potential to be a real i mean we are a light already but in this area of diversity to really be a light i love yeah. that i love that do you want to add anything Chantel? 
Um, no. Uh, well, I, I think, you know, one of the things around justice we need to lean into is disability, differently abled uh, people. Um, we, we have quite a few in, uh, in our common ground space. And so we were actually speaking as a team saying, you know, that's, that's another area. I would love to see young people engage around justice, um, uh, and we are working on that right now. Maybe share your what's what's it, what's hanging oh in the my. wings. Um, yeah, share it, share it. Yeah, so I mean, there's so much discussions and dialogues going around the city around social justice, around land restitution, and so forth. But I think many youth are absent from those discussions, and so my heart is really to engage with young people around how they are experiencing all these things on different levels even here at church, how they experience church, how they experience the churches respond to things. And yeah, just seeing um, them being able to grapple with even those biblical verses we've gone through in Justice Journey, uh, to do it with young people, mm. to get them to see that the Bible actually speaking about these things. Um, and then I think at some level exposing our young people to other young people. Uh, in the city, in different contexts, um, in different schools, uh, and just allowing them to experience that and hearing what they're experiencing. So mm. very passionate about seeing the social justice stuff reaching even our teenagers and our high schoolers um, and some ha young adults as well. Yeah. Lovely. Mm -hmm. So if you were to know that every common grader across the city was listening to this podcast, just imagine, mm -hmm. um, what would you say to them if there was one thing you could encourage common grounders to do to take their next step to um, listen or engage or act in some way? What would be the one thing that you would encourage common grounders particularly to do? I would say if you are a common grounder and you are assumed to be a member, uh, assumed to be a believer, it's non-negotiable that part of your faith journey needs to be one where you intentionally move towards issues around justice. Um, I'd like to encourage us to not separate the two. I'd like to encourage us to go and wrestle with what the Bible says around these things for ourselves and mm. not just wait for a SJM team or an eldership team to be preaching on it. Go and wrestle with it and lean towards someone else if you are not a believer and you've been visiting Common Ground, um, I would like to encourage the believers to even go to spaces where we wouldn't assume non-believers to be. The streets, the pubs, just go and, and use those areas as spaces to hear why people find themselves on the streets, mm. why people find themselves in a pub or whatever would be assumed to be non-Christian to you because it may actually be a lack of church's response to justice that has led people there. Wow. So both ways. Um, believer, lean in, grow in Christ, but do it closely connected to your justice journey. But also then unbeliever, um, well, let's reach out and let's share our frustrations about church and the injustices that churches have even um, done toward people so that we can grow together. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Brandon? Yes, um, I think mine's <laughs> a little bit more just personal. I would like to see people intentionally open up their homes to people who are different. Mm. Um, both ways, many ways, <laughs> uh, 
just be intentional about engaging. And I want to say that I know it's awkward. I know that it's a stretching experience. But wow, what a rewarding experience when you find the heart of somebody and you connect on that level and your differences kind of almost just kind of fade away because actually, you know, God has joined you at a way more integral level Deeper than level. just, yeah. Mm, so so I would like to see just just invite people into your space or if you are invited, just accept the invitation and just share. And I think we'll really find a sense of community that mm. God, that God's sense of community in the church. Mm. You know. I love that. Yeah. Can I just add to that? Like Common Ground has this culture of having coffee after church for a reason. <laughs> I don't think any of our congregations don't have that. Mm. So even if they're not going to come to your house, go and have the coffee on a mm. Sunday with someone else. Just, just to love that. that. I love that. Just so being intentional in that yeah. after church space, not running home, but actually just saying, just give it five or ten minutes and cross the room and have a conversation with someone mm -hmm. who you don't already have a relationship with. Yeah. Love that. Guys, thank you so much for your time. Chantal, Brandon, you are incredible individuals. Thank you for your passion and your conviction and for the lives that you're leading and for the leadership that you're bringing to Bosch AM. We really treasure you and we value your input. And just thank you for taking time to share your story and your thoughts on these things. It's really valuable. Thank you, Sharon. Yeah, thanks, Sharon. Great If you've enjoyed this episode, subscribe to our channel, Living Social Justice, on Apple Podcasts and SoundCloud. You can also find more resources on our website, commongood.org.za, including our Justice Journey courses, devotional content, and volunteer opportunities. Bye for now.